Life Audio. Christian Parent Crazy World with Katherine Seegers is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. Welcome to Christian Parent Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you be a godly parent in an ungodly world. I am your host, Katherine Seegers, and in today's episode, we will tackle this critically important question. How can Christians get involved in the fight against human trafficking? The problem is overwhelming, isn't it? What can you and I do about it? It's it's hard to know where to start. Did you know that January is National Human Trafficking Awareness and Prevention Month? Well, it is, so there is no better time to have this conversation. My special guest today is a lot like many of us. She didn't have a personal history of sexual abuse, and human trafficking wasn't a situation that touched her family in a personal way. But she was ministering to women and she saw a need. So she started a ministry to help women recover from the scourge of sexual exploitation. Dr. Rondi Smith will be joining us today to tell us about her incredible ministry that is restoring women who have been bruised, battered, and completely broken from the sex trafficking industry. We will be discussing the magnitude of the problem, which will shock you. But we will also talk about what you and I can do to fight this great evil. We all have a part to play. That's the plan for this episode of Christian Parent Crazy World. So let's get started. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of the Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. 
Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hey, mamas and papas, please hit that subscribe button on whatever app you listen on and please give us a five-star review. That is going to help us get the word out on vital topics like the one we are discussing today. I am so honored to introduce to you my guest today. Dr. Rondi Smith is founder and CEO of Rest Stop Ministries, which is a residential restoration program for female survivors of sex trafficking in the Nashville, Tennessee area. Rondi is an ordained minister with a doctorate in education from Vanderbilt University in human and organizational development, and she has served 37 years in corporate, academic, and ministry professions. In addition to all that, Rondi is a personal friend and a very dear mentor of mine. You're going to hear all about that in our conversation. So with that, let's jump right in. Rondi, welcome to the program. It's such an honor to have you here. Ah, what a sacred privilege. Thank you for the invitation. Now, we have known each other for some time now. Um, Most of the people I have on my show, I'm meeting for the first time, but you and I go way back. You were a Sunday school teacher for our family, for my parents and for me and my husband uh, back at Hermitage Church of the Nazarene, which you still attend, right? In Hermitage, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Yes. And my parents and my uncle, who would visit us from time to time, still rave about you as being the best Sunday school teacher ever. And sometimes I'm like, hey, I do some teaching too, mom and dad. (laughs) Those were some of the greatest days of my life, that uh, community that was so intentional about what we could learn together in the Word. I just, I loved those days. You taught some of my favorite Sunday school classes because you would, one of the classes I was in, I was in several of yours, but you would go verse by verse through the whole Bible. And I like, okay, I have a little bone to pick with you. Actually, I've told, I think I've told this a little bit. You were gone one week and you asked me to leave the class and I got the week on slavery. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, how did that happen? <laughs> topics and you got that one. <laughs> I know. I was like, I was like, oh my gosh. I, 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 it was a tough, it was a tough week. Yeah. Sorry. We were just going verse by verse. It just, I know. Thank you for that. But I, I do have to say, you, I I have to agree with my parents and my uncle wholeheartedly. You're one of the best teachers I've ever sat under in my life. You are such a mentor and an example to me. I would sit there and study you, not just what you would say and what you would share, but how you led the class in terms of incorporating everybody's ideas. And it's not unlike what I do. I try to do here on my show, even though it's with one or two guests on the show at a time, but just listening and, and bringing everyone into the discussion. It was, it was phenomenal. So thank you for that. One other thing I want to mention to my listeners, just to let them know who you are. You delivered the eulogy at my grandmother's funeral. And that was not just because I've been to other family members' funerals. That was the most special funeral I've ever been to. I remember you came to my mom's house. And, of course, we're in that strange moment of grief and laughter when you're remembering all these things about a person that you loved so much. And you asked each and every person. You made it a point. You wanted a, a story from everybody. And I don't know how you did it, but you incorporated a story from each and every person into that eulogy. And it was 
it was so glorious. It was so wonderful. It was such a celebration of a very godly, godly woman. So thank you for that. One of the most precious women I've ever known. And that's what I believe a eulogy should do is not only just honor that person for who they are, but through the eyes of those who love them the most. And it's why I wanted to incorporate all those beautiful things that you all said about Precious Sarah. Oh, thank you for that. It still touches me today. And that that's who you are. And I've learned so much from listening, to, even just in that aspect of, you know, delivering the eulogy and how you did that. Should I ever be called upon to do that? I spoke that day too, but it was my own personal story. But it just, it was so special. And I, I cannot thank you enough for that. So, so tell our listeners then a little bit about yourself, your family and where you live before we dive into today's topic. Okay, well, uh, the most important thing about me right now is that I'm a brand new grandmother. I just had my first grandson. He's a week old today. (laughs) And then we have a 14-month-old granddaughter. And Mm -hmm. uh, so that's one of my favorite labels right now is Grandy. My name is Grandy. My husband and I have been married for 38 wonderful years. He is the wind beneath my wings, and we raised two amazing sons, and they brought us these amazing daughters in love. And our family is really the most important thing uh, beyond our faith, of course, but faith and family for us, so intertwined. And then really, my life has just been about the great adventure with Jesus and how He seems to reinvent me every about 12 to 14 years with some new fresh calling. But that's what the discipleship life is about, is just being so in tune to the spirit that, okay, where are you leading me next? And that makes for the greatest adventure. And so that's my life, really. Uh, (laughs) Oh, we could do a whole whole show on that. You're so right, because I think I agree with that. So much every 10 to 12 years, you know, I had a whole 12 year stint of mothering in terms of actually pregnancy. It went on, you know, with the five kids coming and then the Lord began to open up new doors. And before that, it was the whole acting and getting my graduate degree. And and now I'm in this new season. So you're so right. Like, it seems like every just about keeping our spiritual antenna up always to the new thing he's wanting to do. Amen. That is so good. Now, you have a a master's degree in organizational communication Mm -hmm. and a doctorate degree in human and organizational development, which I know has been a huge aid to you in the work that you're doing now. But you spent much of your professional life in the corporate sector and then in higher education and finally in pastoral ministry. So so what then in this new season that you've been in here, what led you to take on the fight against sex trafficking? Okay, well, during those 14 years of pastoral ministry, mm-hmm. I think that one of the things that surprised me the most, you know, women came out of the woodwork to to counsel with me. And I think it it was because it's it you know, to be a woman who was also theologically and biblically trained, but to be a woman, there was just something about coming to counsel with a, a female in, in ministry. And so women were coming out of the woodwork. And one of the things that surprised me the most was how prevalent childhood sexual abuse was and many forms of, of sexual abuse and sexual exploitation. And I it just began to break my heart in two. It, it had 
not been my own experience, but just in locking arms with women in community and, and in this role of counseling, it, it just began to open my eyes. So I began to do a little more research into those kinds of things. And I think I've always been a woman of empowering my sisters, you know, women empowerment. And I was also serving at the time as the chair of our women clergy council, really, for our denomination. And I was finding myself advocating for for women in ministry. And, and we, we still need to do that. We needed to do more about that. But I began to see um, my sisters all over the world, really, that were experiencing a kind of disempowerment and exploitation and violence. And, and I was really, I was reading the book, Half the Sky. It's by Pulitzer Prize winning authors, Nicholas Kristoff and Cheryl Wudun. And they were actually going around the globe and they wanted to do a different story, but everywhere they went, they just kept seeing these issues of oppression of women and girls. And those stories were breaking my heart. And I knew from scripture, you know, the word oppression is all throughout scripture. There are at least 30 solid scriptures about oppression and about the heart of God being to deliver from oppression and to set free from oppression and and justice and just all of those things were colliding for me. And the stories of sex trafficking around the globe, I think, broke my heart more than anything. The, all, the, all the kinds of oppression were horrific, but those really broke my heart. And especially thinking about how for many it began in childhood. And I thought about my own self as a, as a woman. And I thought back to my own self as a girl. And I could not imagine a more horrific truth that, that could happen to me than, than being held against my will in some way or coerced or forced in some way to perform sexual acts over and over and over again. That I just couldn't fathom. And I said, okay, not on my watch, not on my watch, Lord. How do I get involved, get engaged? What is it that you're wanting me to do? And when you fully submit to that, he will not hold back <laughs> in beginning to give you your marching orders. And he, he founded Rest Stop Ministries. I have to say that. Uh, God, ex nihilo, out of nothing, created oh. this thing that he wanted done. He named it. He said, rest means restore these precious survivors in my rest, in my rest. It, I loved all the double meaning. And he also said, you will not rest. You will not stop <laughs> until this is done. But the rest was for restore survivors. The stop was stop oppression. Stop this horrific criminal oppression of sex trafficking and the commercial sexual exploitation of human beings, mostly the statistical say of, of women and girls. It does happen to men and boys, but it's about an 80-20. But he, he called it forth and the rest is history. We just, we had to obey. And then what he calls you to do, he equips you to do. And he has equipped us every step of the way. And so Rest Stop Ministries, just in a nutshell, is really Tennessee's first long-term residential restoration and recovery program for female survivors of sex trafficking. 
Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Wow. How many how many women then have like when did you officially get founded and how many women have you been able to help restore? Through restaurant ministries. Okay. We didn't open our doors until 2015. It was a four-year journey from the call to him giving us all that we needed to then find the ideal property and place to, to do this work. And so it was in the fall of 2015. So we're really just coming up on our eighth anniversary, eight years of serving. And we've had 55 souls come through our program and you think, well, that may not be a a lot, but we only have eight beds. And this particular population, the level of complex trauma that they have, you really can't serve more than that at any one time. And then they can stay with us for a full two years. And so it's a it's a relatively stable community that we have. We don't have a lot of turnover. It's not just a revolving door because our aim is transformation. And so that is a long, arduous journey. We just link arms with these women and we say, if you will come and do the very, very hard work of healing, and it's the hardest thing they'll ever do. They've lived horrific, hard things. The healing journey is just as difficult. And we say, you come and just focus on the hard work of healing. And for two full years, we will take care of your every need. So we house them, clothe them, feed them, take care of all their transportation. They come to us broken body, mind, soul, and spirit. So we take care of them medically and their dental and their vision and their mental health therapy and their legal issues. And we, we do comprehensive case management and walk with them every step of the way in their, in their case. Many of them need family reconciliation. Maybe they lost custody of their children along the way and they want to be able to reconcile with their children. They have education gaps. They have no job skills training. We, we have a social enterprise and a workforce development program, and we are working on those things because if these women do not become economically independent, if they cannot make it on their own, then chances are these cycles of abuse and victimization are going to continue. So our goal is complete and total rehabilitation and then to move them into independence. And so when they graduate from our program, Catherine, they are 
not only have they completed our 18 to 24 month healing curriculum, trauma healing process, but they are ready to find safe, affordable housing on their own. We help them do that. They are working, earning a living wage. They have their own transportation to and from that job. They have a community of support, recovery sponsors and, and other people. And it is just, again, we are walking with them for this long journey. In fact, we've just added an alumni aftercare program because we've learned that it's really that year of transitioning from our two-year program that is almost as scary for them as it was the day they walked in our doors, which was the most courageous thing they ever did. But they need us to walk alongside them through that first year of independence too. So really now we're providing three three years of support. Uh It's incredible. It's amazing. (laughs) It is. And it's the work of God. It is the work of God. And I'm sure the most transformative thing is the relationship. I'm sure I know you're fostering and in them with their creator and just he comes in and renews the ancient ruins. I keep coming back to Isaiah 61 lately, just he these places that have been destroyed, that he comes back and he rebuilds these women. That's amazing. That to witness that has been not just the greatest reward and joy of my life, but, you know, sometimes people will, you know, they will say to me, oh, thank you. Thank you for saving these women. And I always have to turn that around and say, these women are saving me. They are healing me to watch some of them overcome. This is what's horrific. Some of them have been abused in the good name of God, there are people who will abuse and say, God told me to do this to you, or this is who you are, or, and to be able to help them redefine even who they think God is, Mm -hmm. and then come to a place to be able to trust the true God, the true Jesus, and then come to a place to understand that's who wanted me healed. That's who wanted me whole. That's who created me in his very image. And and to see them begin to reimagine what was life supposed to be like for me as a beloved daughter of God, that in and of itself has been worth every difficult place in this journey. And it's the hardest work that I've ever done, but that kind of transformation. That's amazing. And what, I don't know if I'd completely thought that through what it would be like for a woman who in particular, a woman that has been abused by someone who claimed to be following God or claimed to be operating in the name of God. So she's got this, this horrific depiction of who God is. Right. And then to turn around and be saved by God, who has to lovingly and gently redefine who he is and show them his true identity, who he truly is, and then to transform a person. To me, I believe this is one of the greatest arguments for the existence of God is transformation in a life like that, that was broken and lost and destroyed and dead, a a dead person walking. That's right. To take a dead person like that who has been so wounded and broken and to breathe life back. I mean, how can that happen unless there is a God? 
How can that happen unless there is a God? Absolutely. And mm-hmm. and people can understand, you know, I think I I didn't realize that level, what we just talked about, because I could understand when I first began this work thinking that these women were going to have questions like, how could there be a God? How could there be a good God if the things that happened to me were were allowed? You know, I knew there would be that question Mm -hmm. and trying to work through those things. But I had not also thought of those who actually perpetrated under the name of God. And so, yes, a warped view of God Mm -hmm. is one of the most crippling things we can have in life. And so to be able to somehow facilitate and assist these women to, yes, reimagine God is a it's a beautiful thing. It is. I want to I want to provide some context for our listeners about the gravity of the problem we're discussing today. I, I took these statistics from your website from for West Stop Ministries, the the ministry that you founded. Uh, you can find all of this information at reststopministries.org. This is what your website uh, highlights. There are 27 million people enslaved in the world today, more than any time in history. as you mentioned earlier, are female and 50% of those are children trafficked for sexual exploitation. If you do the math, that's over 10 million kids. Sex trafficking is a $34 billion business. It is the second largest criminal enterprise and fastest growing crime in the world. Every, this was shocking, every two minutes, a child is trafficked. For the purpose of sexual exploitation in the United States, that is from the U.S. Department of Justice right there. Almost 300,000 American children are at risk annually for trafficking into the sex industry. That is from the U.S. Department of State. This is the average age of entry into prostitution is 13. There are girls as young as five and six. My youngest is six right now six years old in the United States that are forced to do sexual acts for economic gain by their pimp. That is the U.S. That is from the U.S. Department of Justice. Rondi, we're doing a podcast, but there are no words. Right. That, that is That is so shocking and heartbreaking. Talk to mm-hmm. us about how prevalent sex trafficking has become, not just in Asia and the Pacific or over in the Middle East somewhere, or in the jungles of Central America, how prevalent is it right here in the West in the United States? Right. And and this is what will be shocking, but it is in every zip code in the United States of America. That's how prevalent it is. It doesn't always look like what we think it looks like, which is why education like this is is so important. We have these ideas of what it is. And like you said, we at one time thought, oh, it's over there. It's only in those places known for sex tourism, you know, Thailand and Cambodia. Then we began to wake up and say, oh, it is a domestic issue. But we're thinking about the prostituted women out on the streets that we maybe see. But it is hidden in plain sight in every zip code. And there are so many different types of trafficking. And maybe we should talk a little bit about that. And it helps people begin to understand, well, how could that be? How could that be? I know that 
for the women we serve at Rest Stop Ministries, what we see, and it mimics what a lot of the statistics would be, we see the two most prevalent types of trafficking. Number one is it's called the boyfriend syndrome or the Romeo pimp or it's it comes by a lot of names, but it is basically someone who has feigned a love interest who targets and grooms vulnerable women of all ages, but their purpose all along is then to be able to exploit that person. Mm. And we know we've been talking about this for a long time, but then when you connect it to trafficking, we know that a lot of women, again, young women, women of all ages and stages, but this whole idea of looking for love, I'm looking for love. I'm looking for acceptance. I'm looking for someone to just love me and accept me. And traffickers are shrewd and they know exactly how to spot vulnerabilities and they are ready to move in and be the one who cares and loves and accepts. And it is their way then to groom and to gain trust only to then turn it to something horrific. And I can't tell you how many of the women who've come through our program, and again, they have to be 18 to come to us, but for many of them, it started so much earlier and they, they still are living under the light, even after what they've lived through, because it turns horrifically violent and manipulative. And I mean, it turns to something horrible, but they still won't self-identify as a victim Mm. of trafficking. They say, but I loved him. You know, he was my boyfriend or he was my, and the, to undo the lies and the brainwashing and the, to help them understand, honey, no, he never loved you. You were targeted by him. It, it, it is, that's why the, the work is so complex. And so if you just think about that one type of trafficking and you think about how prevalent that might be out there, when you think about the psyche of women and girls who are looking for love and acceptance, but the number two way that we see is called familial trafficking, meaning their own family members have for a variety of reasons sold their own children into sexual slavery, into commercial sexual exploitation. And it can be as Simple as, and I say simple, and I only I only say this because, again, I've had to learn to really find the empathy for bad systems bring out the worst in good people. You know, things that I would think I could never allow this or do this to my child, and yet at the same time, there are things I haven't lived through. And so cyclical poverty, a mama can't pay the rent, a single mom can't pay the rent. And all in the world she knows to do to keep a roof out of her and her other children is is to loan one of her children to the landlord. And that is commercial sexual exploitation because it doesn't have to be even just the exchange. We think of cash payment or whatever. It's anything of value that is traded 
you know, and it's commoditized a sexual act. Of course, if it's a child, you don't have to prove even the things that have to be proven in, in, in court for it to be human trafficking for adults. Force, fraud, or coercion has to be proven. If it's a child under 18, that doesn't even have to be proven. If there's been any kind of commercial exchange, that is trafficking. But you think of horrific things like that. You think of something, I don't know if it's more horrific, but you think of drug addiction. You think about our country and the opioid crisis and all the things, but there are addicts who are so desperate that if the only way I can get my next drug is to loan my child to my drug dealer. And so those things are happening, Mm -hmm. but there are also evil people out there who it's the family business and it is, you know, it is a greed. It is a corrupt thing. And, and they are raising children to be part of this, the family business. I mean, it, it takes all kinds of forms. And when I say hidden in plain sight, a lot of the, the familial trafficking, you know, is hidden, but it's in plain sight. Wow. Yeah. I, I want to dig into that topic a little bit more. We are uh, going to have you do uh, a second episode with us, and we're going to talk more about that familial trafficking and how we as parents can spot that and and perhaps some of the families that our children may know, but also to protect our own kids. As we're discussing this, though, I think one thing as I was reading those statistics and all the things that you're talking about here, it's overwhelming. It's just overwhelming to process. And I think a lot of families, a lot of parents might say, I, you know, I just don't want to think about that because there's nothing I can do about it. I can't do anything. So I'm just going to pretend kind of like that doesn't exist. So we don't want to, to do that because Obviously, there is an imperative in Scripture. Throughout Scripture, God has emphatically against oppression and injustice. And Proverbs twenty four eleven says that we are to rescue those who are unjustly sentenced to die, to save them as they stagger to their deaths. This this is an imperative. This is our call. And yet, I do understand the overwhelm that we feel when I read those statistics. So. How can we as Christians, how can we as parents, what can we do to help be a force for good and in what is just an overwhelming evil that we're facing? Well, and here's one of the first things I think is we do have to think about the scripture that says we are to love others as we love ourselves. In the same way that I love myself, I have to love others. And so when God began opening my eyes to this issue, he asked me a very, very plain, outright question. He said, if she is not free, then why are you free? Mm. Do you think I love you any more than I love her? And that is what hit me like a ton of bricks. Mm-hmm. That is someone's daughter that we have to say that that is me, not just that it could be me, but that is me. And so I think we do have to do something. And 
We all may not be called to found an organization uh, like became my calling, but I think we need to see each other. And I need the body of Christ to see Rest Stop Ministries and to say, okay, what do you need? You you have been called. And if I need to participate in this, what do you need? And, and how can we come alongside you? And so lock arms, look in your community. It, it It is becoming more prevalent that shelters like ours. I'm a part of a, a Christian shelter institute um, and their whole there. It's the, the Samaritan Women Institute for Shelter Care. And their whole mission is to come along alongside Christian shelters all across the country. We're growing, but you could go to their their website and see how many there are. And but and the goal is to have have them in every state. And so I would tell all of you listeners, look local, look local and see who is doing this work in your community and you and your congregation get behind them. Had my congregation not caught the vision along with me, I mean, I just awarded Hermitage Church of the Nazarene the the Founders Award at our annual fundraising gala this past Friday night because they were the critical mass of people who came alongside and said, yes, we can see this is a clear call of God. God is raising this thing up. And so we we want to walk with you. They've been the volunteers. They've been the donors and supporters. They've been, you know, the people who come out and take care of our 25 acres and two homes. That's a lot of upkeep so that we can do the work of the trauma healing that everyone might not be skilled in doing. But find those local places and, and we need the body of Christ to surround those because every ministry cannot necessarily just happen, you know, not be birth really inside the the walls of the church, but for churches to be community people. That's important. Oh, that's so, so good. You know, we have these wonderful small group leaders at, at our church where we are right now. And we have this wonderful small group this last semester where they would just do this dinner for parents every Sunday night. We, it was like white tablecloth and you would make this amazing dinner. And Rusty and Krista, and they just informed us they can't do that anymore. God has called them. They've, they're selling their home and they're buying a farm out in the country to do exactly what you're doing. Oh, wow. And I was so excited. I'm going to miss my white tablecloth dinners, <laughs> but not nearly. I'm just so excited. I'm like, I, I can't wait for them to there. God is just paving the way. They're just in the infancy of the ministry that God is giving them. But Krista was just overwhelmed like you were with the the need and the two of them really feel called in this new season and ministry of their life that that's what they're going to be doing. They're going to be buying this farm. They're going to be transforming it in order to bring women in and minister to them. And I'm, I've been wanting to put them in contact with you, but it's exactly what you're saying. Look around. Who is doing this work in your community and how can you help them? How can you be a part? Obviously praying for them, but maybe going out and helping. Like you said, I love what you said, you know, helping around the properties because that frees you up to do the ministry of healing with these women. And so that's wonderful advice. We can all be a part of that. And then it becomes a win-win, Catherine, because we say to our church partners, we don't just need you to come help us, but how then can we resource you to 
help your congregation become more aware. We should be doing our prevention curriculum and training with every youth group in every church, with all the parent groups, you know, so it becomes a win-win. It's the body of Christ helping each other. We all can't do everything, but we all can do something. But, that, you know, we, we say we need to pour into the body of Christ to resource you and empower you to ha- have blind eyes opened. Oh, so good. We need to be walking hand in hand, the body of Christ with the people that are called full time to do this ministry like you and my friends, Rusty and Krista, to be doing that work full time. How can we help? And then also you mentioned the prevention curriculum, which is a perfect segue into what you're going to be talking about in the next episode. I'm so excited. So we're going to be talking all about how we can prevent this, what we need to be looking for, uh, protecting our own children, because it can happen, like you said, through a boyfriend. Through a boyfriend, you think your your daughter may have a really great guy out there or you you don't even know. Maybe she's hiding that boyfriend from you and you don't know. So we're going to be talking all about that in the next episode. But I cannot thank you enough, Rondi, for enlightening us on the problem at ham. We, we can't fix a problem that we refuse to look at. Mm-hmm. We need to be looking at this as sons and daughters of God, as believers in Christ. It is our responsibility here on earth to help those who are being victimized, abused, and enslaved. God hates injustice. So should we. Thank you, Rondi, for bringing to light this critical need in the body of Christ and for showing us what we can do to be a part of the solution. Like I said, next up, Rondi's going to share with us some vital guidelines on how to protect our children and grandchildren from sexual predators. And in the meantime, tell us tell us how they can learn more about uh, Rest Stop Ministries and what you're, the, the tremendous work that you're doing there. Yeah, reststopministries.org. You've already said our website, but then our social media, we're on Facebook and Instagram and uh, what used to be Twitter. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever um, it is now, X, I think. But we put out a lot of great content that not only will encourage your soul because we celebrate every single milestone that our women accomplish. You can see all the layers of healing that happen, but also we do a lot of educating, you know, through our platforms too. And so those are the ways that you can find us. Awesome. And we're going to talk about that in the next episode. I want to hear some some wonderful, encouraging stories about the work you've done there. Thank you so much, Rondi. God bless. Moms and dads, do not miss next week's episode. In it, Rondi will share a personal letter from a young woman who was cybersex trafficked for all of her teenage years. And her parents had no idea. The lessons that we can learn from this young woman are vital. Also, in that episode, Rondi is going to share with us more critical information that's going to help to keep our kids safe. Until then, think about how you can play a part in fighting the great evil of human trafficking in our world and in our communities. One way to do that, very simply, is to start by sharing this episode so that we can make others aware of the problem and how they can help. Remember, human trafficking is in every single zip code, including yours. Obviously, We are praying for God to help those who have been devastated by this great evil. 
But God is looking for us to do our part. And he is looking for a few special people like Rondi, Rusty, and Krista to say, Here I am, Lord. Send me. So pray about what you can do to help these precious women and children find restoration. I want to thank you for joining me today. Look, I know there are a lot of things you could be listening to right now, and I really appreciate that you took this time to spend with me. I hope you will join me for my next podcast when we take aim at some aspect of our culture that threatens to derail our parenting and steal our kids' faith. If you enjoyed this episode of Christian Parent Crazy World, would you consider telling a friend and sharing it on social media and giving it a good review over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and following me on Facebook and Instagram? Oh, oh, and maybe you could say that Christian Parent Crazy World is the best podcast you've ever heard in your entire life. Uh, Just a thought. Uh, and be sure to check out my website, which is katherinesegers.com. That's Catherine with a C. I have lots of articles and resources there that will help you on your parenting journey. And if you subscribe, I will be sure to send you some really cool free stuff and notify you of future podcasts, articles, and blogs. I want to end this and every episode with a word of encouragement. God gave you Your kids, your specific kids for a reason. That's because you hold the key to unlocking who God created them to be. We'll see you next time. Christian Parent Crazy World is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you liked what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review this podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. I found myself on a ledge, three stories high at some condominiums, contemplating my life and struggling to understand my purpose. Have you ever found yourself on the ledge? My name is Billy Yates. I'm a caring father, mentor, and friend in my new podcast, Billy and the Goat. I share the life-changing events that shaped who I am today to remind you that no matter how far you've fallen, God can help you get up and thrive. Listen now at lifeaudio.com.